there actually there aren't conservatives in the PCA. There just aren't. Hello, y'all. Welcome to a special edition of Midweek Fix. This is PCA edition. We have Pastor Andrew on with us, Pastor Michael on with us. We're going to talk about what's going on in the Presbyterian Church. And uh, for you guys who who have listened to the show before, um, I'm, I'm indebted spiritually to the PCA in a lot of ways. I was, I was in the PCA for 17 years. Yeah. And so this is... Uh, there's a lot going on that we want to get to, but first, make sure you guys uh, check out our sponsors, uh, our corporate partners that partner with us, and then, of course, we want to thank our club members. Guys, if, if we yes. don't have club membership, Knox can't go around baptizing all these babies, so right. you, you got you to <laughs> become club members. Suddenly, a bunch of Baptists are feeling convicted. I'm going to withdraw my membership. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, really grateful to have uh, Andrew Dion. He's pastor at Trinity Presbyterian Church in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and Michael Foster is the associate pastor, also at Trinity Presbyterian. Uh, thanks, guys, for being on the show. Great to be with you. Yep, thank you. All right, guys, um, help us. Help our listeners, our audience. Um, what's been going on in the Presbyterian Church in America? You guys have kind of been on fire recently, writing articles. I think your Facebook feed is sort of blown up. Um, what's the big deal? What's going on? It's uh, Yogi Berra said it best. It's deja vu all over again, mm-hmm. which is if you're familiar with the history of the American Presbyterian Church, uh, we've we've seen this happen time and time again. You guys had Sean Michael Lucas on a while back. Right. He yeah. wrote a book called For the Continuing Church. And in that book, he he shows how uh, liberalism gets into the church. I wasn't I'm not really sure what he's trying to achieve with that book. At the end of it, it made me really concerned about where we're at as a denomination where we have all sorts of social justice, intersectionality, feminism coming into our denomination. Again, we're seeing that uh, in a, a bunch of different ways. And this last week, we had uh, Faith for Justice had a, they had scheduled a worship, uh, what would you call it, like a celebration, Reclaim MLK 2019 okay. at their church on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, the Faith for Justice is a, non-church group it's uh but it's christian and on the board is pastor mike higgins who's the pastor at south uh, city church and uh, the main director of faith for justice is michelle higgins who's his daughter and also the worship leader at his church or worship director well, huh? uh, at that <laughs> you said you said you said you said his daughter is a worship director at his church that is correct it's his daughter by daughter you because trans stuff is kind of crazy right now by daughter you do mean a girl right a woman <laughs> She looks like a girl to me very much, yes. <laughs> in a PCA church? That's correct. How, how many churches do you think are, are doing that? Position in the PCA. So, yeah, it would be uh, hmm. they would allow they allow women to be directors in the PCA. Okay. Wow. Okay. So so keep going. So anyhow, um, uh, someone told me about this and that they had a, uh, a ACLU transgender education and advocacy program coordinator named Jay Marie Hill speaking there. And uh, she was going to be speaking on um, how to mourn the tragic deaths of trans folks, which I think, yeah, uh, that is something worth mourning. But it goes on to say, but learn to celebrate their lives and humanity. So Mm. basically you have a PCA church that's being taught how to celebrate the lives of transgenders 
on a Lord's Day service by a woman in a open lesbian relationship. Now, I, and, I actually uh, emailed that pastor, Pastor Higgins, to get him on the show, and he responded and said, we aren't sponsoring this event. And he said, they're just using our facility. And that was it. I asked him to come on the show, and that was his only reply and everything. Well, well, Mike Higgins is a board member of Faith for Justice, so he's also the senior pastor at the church where it was going to be hosted. So there's all kinds of overlap here. Right. Wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to put my head around this. You're, so he's actually on the board of the of the ministry that was going to come to his church? That's right. With the openly homosexual person? Well, remember the openly homosexual, Correct. they invited her to come and speak, or him or it or whatever, uh, to come and speak. So um, the, the lady... Well, Faith for Justice is a little organization that was going to invite yes. this woman, trans, trans, lesbian person. Okay. And the PCA pastor, Pastor Higgins, is on the board. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, now this is this is nothing new in some sense. I mean, you know, Revoice happened this summer, and, and when we had Pastor Greg on, we got kind of some similar responses. Like, we aren't throwing the conference; we're just hosting the conference. Um, but this I'm, is different. I'm He's on the board, of, though. Or what is yeah. his, what is his um what is his title to Faith for Justice? Probably some. Board, uh, he's, a, board a, he's on the board of directors. He's a, yeah. He's on the board. Yeah. Uh, his his daughter started Faith for Justice. And his daughter started it. Yes. Uh, look, we have the same leaders, uh, bo both organizations involved, um, and, uh, and they, they see each other every week. They're, they're in ministry together. Now, now and, I understand. And so they made the move. They made a move to uh, remove it out of the church, and they set up shop at a PCUSA church. That would house <laughs> yeah, the well, conference. yeah, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can't write this. <laughs> But now, now the elders of the church, uh, is it called Southside? Is that what it's called or something? South City? South City. South church. City. Um, they issued a statement in which uh, they asked for uh, forgiveness and repented of all this, right? No. No. They said, uh, <laughs> that's not exactly what they said. Uh, they said that they became aware that when they became aware of the event, so... Um, I guess what? they didn't know this was happening somehow. Uh, <laughs> and that certain aspects was at odds with their theological commitments. They had it moved. So they weren't, they, they weren't aware of this? I forget the exact wording. Andrew, do you recall? <laughs> I think no. it, it was similar to that. I remember reading it. Now, if I remember right, um, I, I might have gotten this from you, Michael, but um, hasn't Faith for Justice had... Uh, worship services at South City previous to this? They were involved in two worship services. One was just for Faith for Justice, and the other one was um, a mission to North America was backing a LDR leadership worship service that they had there. So, uh, And I should add, at both worship services, uh, J. Marie Hill was involved in the worship band. I don't wait, know wait, what they wait, knew, wait. J. Marie Hill is... Like that's the advocate that. And, and who's Jay Marie Hill? The lesbian. This gets a little trans. like this gets a little beautiful mind like Nash start <laughs> you start connecting all the, the threads. Right. But um, Jay Marie Hill is the ACLU lesbian, the trans advocate that was that that spoke at uh, MLK 2019. Uh, so you, she's been at their church leading worship on those two occasions. Um, oh wow! When you say at the church, you talking about the building where the Lord Jesus is worshipped? 
yes. You're talking about playing on the instruments that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ? That is exactly correct. <laughs> Where the gathering of the saints are happening? <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me clarify, too. When I say lead worship, I should say that she participated in, in the music that led worship, just to be clear. I don't. She was know, in the, wasn't the, the band one. or the whatever. worship yeah. band or whatever. Now, now, yeah, she's up there on the saxophone. Now, it seems like <laughs> that we don't just get here all of a sudden. Like, there's some things leading up mm -hmm. to be able to allow for these kind of things to happen and no one say anything about it or no one make that big of a stink about it. What's been going on in the PCA for the last, I mean, you know, the PCA broke off from the PCUSA in 1973 for the because the PCUSA was going liberal, and and it seems like the PCA in a lot of and is going down the same path now. What what's been going on in the last you know 20 or so years for this to get here? Yeah, I mean, I speak with uh, men who are in the PCA who came out of the PCUS, and their their thoughts are the same thing is happening only it's happening quicker in the PCA than it did in the PCUS. Wow. And so they're very discouraged and beginning to talk about what, what should be done. But uh, in the last 20 years, uh, we, we've been cataloging uh, aberrant theology coming out of Covenant Theological Seminary. Now, I was a student there in the early 2000s. That's where I got my MDiv. And this is Pastor Andrew. And Pastor Andrew was a student there. Yeah, yep. Pastor Andrew. And and by the end of it, I, I think I was a thorn in their flesh, um, talking to them continuously about sexuality and the, the things that were missing. I remember going to uh, a marriage and family counseling class, and we never got to Ephesians 5. In fact, most of the books oh. we used were just secular psychology. Wow. No. And there were there are incidents like that um, uh, from my time there, but also subsequent to my time there. And the connection most recently to Revoice is just a natural connection that grows out of a lack of discipline at the seminary for the previous 20 years and dealing with um, those who are moving away from the Westminster standards. And so um, Revoice was a natural, there's just a natural connection. Six students and graduates from Covenant Seminary spoke at Revoice. Um, Covenant Seminary was happy to have their vice president of academics, Jay Sklar. He's an Old Testament professor, speak there on Leviticus. And, <laughs> and so... Um, Revoice is part and parcel of, of the direction of the seminary. What I think needs to be done is for there to be some sort of discipline of the seminary. I've made suggestions in an article on Warhorn. Um, I think the board of board of directors needs to be overturned. I think uh, the, the presidency needs to be changed so that um, real discipline comes to the seminary. The strange thing about the PCA is the whole structure of General Assembly is set up to bring accountability to the agencies of the denomination. So there's a there's a group of 50 or 60 ruling elders and teaching elders that um, review the work of the seminary and Covenant College and Reformed University Ministries um, each year. Hmm. And there's just very little 
blowback. There's very little um, engagement with President Dalby and the other leaders of the seminary that are there. Yeah. And so they're pretty insulated from from uh, there being any uh, teeth in the discipline there. But I think men of the, the pastors of the PCA need to speak up in those circumstances where actual discipline can take place and uh, put the seminary on notice that if things don't change, uh, there's going to be trouble. A One presbytery has uh, sent up to the General Assembly an overture this year that would essentially make a covenant seminary an independent organization, spin it off from the, from the PCA. And so yeah. you can see that uh, people are looking at the seminary and they're troubled by the direction. And uh, if you've had your eyes open for the past 20 years, uh, it's been fairly obvious. What What about the 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 actual St. Louis Presbytery? What What are they What have they been doing since Revoice and now this latest thing with South City? Uh, what are you hearing out of the the St. Louis Presbytery? Well, the St. Louis Presbytery put together a committee, which is what Presbyterians do. Yes, there we go. <laughs> very well. We need another and committee. very often. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so they put together a committee because. Memorial Presbyterian Church, which was the host church of Revoice, had received numerous complaints uh, from churches, from sessions, and from presbyteries, the Pastor Greg and from yeah. groups yeah. Of, of pastors. And the, the Missouri Presbytery also received uh, a stack of complaints. And so they formed a committee. I believe it was formed in October of last year. And they were going to come with um, with a recommendation of how to dispose, not dispose, how to deal with um, the complaints and the charges that were brought. So they met, uh, their presbytery met a couple weeks ago, and the committee said that they didn't have anything to report at this point, and so they punted to their April meeting. And so things are, you know, this is getting pretty late in the day. Yeah given yeah. the fact that revoice happened last July right. and it's been Missouri Presbytery right. has yet to do anything yeah, uh, yeah. to, to uh, clean up this situation. So I do want to talk about getting the time late frame. in the day. I do want to talk about the time frame that it takes a, the Presbyterians to move in a second. But before we do, I, I kind of have to go back <laughs> because my heads are still, my head is still in the clouds. I'm sure a lot of people who are parents, their head is in the clouds about sending their kids to covenant. When I was in Georgia and I was going to go to seminary covenant was the place to go to. And so mm. would you for a moment just kind of walk out for me, Pratt, what's really going on behind the closed doors? Because it sounds like that you're saying that Covenant Seminary has been infiltrated and there's things going on there that are not good. But what what are you going to point to to say this is going on? This has happened. That's the issue right there. Because I, if you're, Can I speak to that for a moment? Yeah. And this is uh, this is Michael. This is Michael. Let me just guys, let me draw one more connection to show you how the things we're talking about here aren't unrelated. Uh, uh, pastor Mike Higgins, the pastor of South City Church, father to Michelle Higgins, is uh, adjunct professor of applied theology at Covenant, but also the dean of students. Oh, so the, the church is the guy that sits on the board of faithful justice. The guy that uh, his church was about to have this reclaim MLK 2019 at at there. He's the dean of students and. On his Facebook just the other day, he said, last night's Reclaim MLK 2019 was one of the most powerful times in my life. 
Thanks to all the participants who honored Jesus with their humble and courageous words. The crowd came even though it snowed. Thanks to Faith for Justice for putting together the wonderful program, awesome music, and food. That's the dean of students at Covenant Theological Seminary. Wow. Just to be clear. You know, one of the things that um, I didn't know until just, just recently, I was following all this, but not, but I hadn't actually watched anything, any videos or anything. I didn't know that Pastor Higgins is a black man. Until actually, you told me, Doc. Yeah, you yeah. told me, and I like how, mm-hmm. how how much of this. I mean, do you think is is Covenant uh, using kid gloves or St. Louis using kid gloves because they have a black pastor and they're afraid of repercussions? <laughs> uh, it's St. Louis. I mean, there's a lot of water under the bridge in St. Louis recently, right? And so you you have to think that there's a sensitivity right now um that is sort of giving them pause to to discipline this man yeah go back to your question chuck so what else is going on there at covenant seminary yeah we've uh we've watched them and we see um a back and forth with many of the faculty at covenant who have landed in the epc the evangelical presbyterian church just naturally moving between the PCA and the EPC. And what's different about the EPC is that they allow for um, female officers. Yeah. And so female elders. And so Dan Doriani, who was one of the men who he had contributed to some works on biblical sexuality and um, a, a book edited by Wayne Grudem and CBMW, and, uh, you know, he, he, during my time at the seminary, just got up and went to the uh, Central Presbyterian EPC Church. And I was greatly disappointed by it because he seemed to be Covenant's man on biblical sexuality. Yeah. And there he was just easily entering into a denomination that had, uh, that had already compromised on the issue. There are other uh, faculty members that have... Uh, that are currently pastoring EPC churches, and uh, and so there just there seems to be an easy uh, easy back and forth between the Covenant Seminary and the EPC, so, so you, where there should you, be. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. And where there should be clarity and a a rejection, right? Um, they they seem to have no problem. So you so you're saying instead of rejecting the EPC, instead of playing over there in their playground. They should be saying no one should be going over here because they are denying what Scripture says on this subject. And yet they're going over there and still teach. So you're saying that it's it's bleed through from the EPC all the way over to Covenant? Yes, Mm. absolutely. Uh, I think I've wanted to ask at a committee of commissioners meeting just how many students coming out of Covenant end up in the EPC as opposed to the PCA, Mm. even though this is the PCA's denominational the the only denominational uh seminary of the pca i wonder if there are more students going into the epc uh from the school than into the pca although there is a strong flow of students going into uh campus ministries also from from covenant and the issue is is that obviously the epc doesn't see these guys coming in from the pca as a threat uh, they, you know, correct. They're they're not a threat. They fit just fine. Wow. Well, right. Yeah. 
which which tells you that something is terribly off. I mean, you you would want to have EPC presbyteries thoroughly suspicious of Covenant grads, <laughs> right? If if yeah, Covenant right. grad, if Covenant right. was doing its job biblically, they right. wouldn't want them. The guys coming out of Covenant would not be compatible. Yeah, with right. EPC. Okay, so guys, do something for me. I I need to know. Uh, help me make the connection from how does a breakdown of understanding women in the role of elders lead to a breakdown in how we understand sexuality? The authority of scripture, number one. Scripture is as clear as, as you, you know, there's all sorts of areas where we, we would want more clarity. You know, uh, we argue over time and mode of baptism, but when you come to uh, w- whether women can have authority over men in, in the, uh, it's very clear. It's as clear as you could ask it to be. Right, yeah. it's like the most clear statement you could want. And as soon as you start, unless you're Jonathan Barrett. against that authority, <laughs> then uh, it, everything's up for grabs. And that's what well, I'd I, I, I even take that a step back, uh, further back. And um, you know, the, the three PCA churches that I was a member at in Texas, or, um, New Mexico, and Oregon, all either had sexual sins from the pulpit, and they didn't mm. step down, or their children were caught up in sexual sin. One of the church in Oregon, the daughter was 15 and was sleeping around and was suspended from the Lord's Supper when I got when we got there. And she'd been suspended for two years. So she's 17 when we got there. Oh, she'd wow. been suspended from the Lord's Supper for two years. And she would still come mm-hmm. to church. The, past, the pastor is still pastor. Pastor still pastoring. Went, didn't step down. And she'd been coming to church for two years and hanging out with everybody. And nothing. there was no pressure there for her. Like the suspension was like this indefinite suspension that meant nothing. And and so I think I think I could I was just at some I was a random selection in Texas, New Mexico, and Oregon. And that can't be the the only uh sins in the PCA. But there has to be more pastors involved in sexual <laughs> sin in the PCA. Look, I yeah, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about if I were to if I were to uh preach a sermon at a wedding and in a PCA church, and I just went uh, straight up Ephesians 5, but I did um, my due diligence in actually exhorting the woman to submit to the man. Yeah, yeah. I would not have a pleasant afternoon at the reception. Mm. Wow. You know, it, it wow. would be, um, I, I just think we, we see intersectionality, we see, um, you know, revoice and the throwing off of biblical sexuality. We're seeing the PCA just look at the world and long for the things of the world. And when when you're in that context now, if you if you say the simple truths of Scripture, you're attacked. Yeah, yeah, and that's discouraging. Yeah. You know, that's discouraging for the faithful pastors who are, are continuing to. Um, battle against uh, the errors they see in the PCA. Not, not only are you battling against the sins of the world, but then you're battling against a denomination right. who is yeah. um, not um, we, who's scared of Bible verses. We, t- we talked to <laughs> we talked to a pastor, or a guy in a PCA church not too long ago, um, offline, uh, who was met, talked about a situation in a PCA church where there was a local church actually practiced discipline uh, for someone who was in a sexually immoral relationship. Yep. It was appealed up to the presbytery, and the presbytery basically told the local church that they had been harsh, lay off, and lay offer. 
and you know, talk, and this is like a young pastor of this local church. Yeah, that was, that the, was that the Corinth Presbytery? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Could you, so, so right now I posted, um, Miss Higgins, uh, comments, her whole, I listened to her whole 30 minute sermon. Cause that's what it was, um, that she gave mm. to the youth group. And it was, I flinched, cringe, broke glass listening atrocious. to this. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. But when I posted this, I, I posted, I said, um, my pastor said this, Pastor Doug Wilson said, uh, farewell, PC, rest in peace, PCA. Yeah. And I said, you know, here's evidence of that. And I got hit back with, you don't understand. We have people looking into this. There are people who are aware of this. And the PCA, we move slow on for a reason so that we don't, you know. But we're going to get there. But we're going to get there. And so you guys aren't being fair with your judgments of what we're saying or what, with what's going on. Well, we are being fair. Well, that's what they're saying. They just that's don't, what they're but, saying. But, but they don't like the yeah, criticism. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, but they're saying they're working yeah. on it. So if somebody right. is like, hey, I'm disciplining my kids. You stay out of it. You don't, you don't need to know what's going on in my house. You're not in-house. You don't know how we deal with things. Um, the time frame that the PCA is working with things is this is this normal? Is it well, is this how it's supposed to go, or uh, do we need to speed things up here? Or what's what's the deal? Well, unfortunately, it's it's normal, and um, it turns it very slowly in Presbyterianism because they want to oh because the the lawyers run the show. Um, that's my cynical, cynical. <laughs> no, take no, on that it. that's the truth. Um, <laughs> Hang on, real quick. I but, got a story about this. My buddy was yeah. a intern at Park City Presbyterian Church down in Texas, which is one of the biggest, largest PCA churches, yeah. um, in in the U.S. And when they got into church discipline issues, they would bring the lawyers in the room. Right. It was yeah. crazy, and yeah. they would defer to the lawyers on how they should. Um, yeah. Shut Judas, up. I'm dead serious. Oh wow. We got some stories. Yeah, we, on that. But anyway, we have some. Uh, Michael and I have some uh, interactions with a secular lawyer and some of the presbytery dealings um, we've been falling under. But that's a whole different matter. But what I was going to say is, there's there's such a desire to be collegial mm. that the collegiality often militates against faithfulness. Yeah. And wow. And. You know, we took so much flack. I took personally a lot of flack for writing on Revoice before it happened. Mm. I engaged with Mark Dalby in Covenant Seminary before it happened. And everybody was saying, look, you you know, you don't even know what's going to be said. Mark Dalby from the floor of GA said, you don't know what's going to be taught. And I said, look, we know enough to warn the sheep. Right. Yeah. We know enough from their website that it would be faithless for us not to sound a warning. Yeah. Right. You guys talked with Greg Johnson yep. uh, around the time. I think it may have been before um, before the conference. Yep. But, you know, it, it's uh, I think there's an an unwillingness for men to one, stick their necks out and two an unwillingness of men once they've stuck their neck out and they're corrected to just repent, right? We mm. warned, and if we had gotten it wrong, we would have repented. Sure. Right, yeah. right. But the Absolutely. fact of the matter is we didn't get it wrong. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things that I keep running into, I see some the of the whole co- purpose. The whole purpose of that is the sheep, the people in the pews yeah. need to be warned yeah. that they're going to be, they're going to be fed certain poison yeah right and and you have to be out front of it right i keep seeing the elders and and a lot of pca guys saying but they affirm the inspiration of scripture they affirm biblical sexuality 
They have, you know, they affirm the Westminster. They, Confession. They affirm the Westminster yeah. Confession of Faith, and it seems like one of the blind spots is, we have is that we think that the enemy is going to run the exact same play that they ran in the mainline denominations thirty, forty, fifty, sixty years ago. That they're going to come in saying we deny the inspiration of Scripture or something like this. But, but I think what what we're finding is that this is actually more like a Mormon play. <laughs> where where they're they're using the same words yep. and they don't mean the same things. Right. We we believe in the inspiration of scripture, but then you find out they deny the historicity of Adam and Eve right. or Genesis one. Um, right. I I believe in the inspiration of scripture, but I think that uh, you know First Timothy two is is not talking about you know it's allegory. It's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Paul's not actually yeah. saying that women can't uh, teach men. Or I believe I believe in biblical historic Christian sexual ethic. But I do believe that people can be gay. Yeah. As long as they don't practice sodomy. Right. But, but, right. but they can be, have a gay identity and they can bring their queer treasure into the New Jerusalem. Right. But, I mean, is that, is that what you guys are seeing? What we have here is willful, willful ignorance. We know how false doctrine and sin comes into the church. It doesn't come in with a, a declaration saying, here we are. It creeps in. Just yeah. like in Jude, mm. certain men creep in. We know that men were came into Galatia uh, to spy out, right, to liberty by st- through stealth. Right. Um, we we know sin sneaks into our own life, right. So you have to always have an eye out for the leaven that we need to re- constantly be removing from our own life, from our fellowships, and um, and so everyone acting like, why would anything bad happen to the PCA? Hmm. Well, because something bad happens to every church. We right. always have to be practicing discipline. That's good. And when discipline, when church discipline disappears, Presbyterianism is dead. It's gone. Yeah. Wow. It's the heart of it. Yeah. And that's that's where we're at right now. People Amen. are saying, well, how, you know, you guys are looking for conspiracies and things that aren't there. First off, it's very clear that this is there just from the the events you can look at. But even more importantly, Scripture makes it clear that this is the nature of the church. We always have to be fighting sin. It seems like right now with the whole time argument, is like, hey, we have our process that it goes through. It seems like that we have a three-day cancer, but with like a 20-day medicine. (laughs) And so the cancer is intended on the 20 days that it takes to heal in order to be able to eat through you enough that by the time the medicine is applied, it won't really matter anyway. Or it's like, like bank robbers who who know that it's going to take five minutes for the police to get there, <laughs> exactly. so they can they can do the heist in, in five, four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, exactly. and they'll be safe. Well, so, one Ecclesiastes says, if you don't execute judge, justice speedily, the heart of children is set to do evil. Yeah. Right? It, it's even it even means that you're opening yeah. up the door for more evil That's because right. you don't execute it speedily now. So, so, so Michael and Andrew, do do something for me real quick. A lot of people listen to this. They're inside the PCA. Love the PCA. We love the PCA. How do we fight this, and how do we deal with this in a way that we can have a revival and, and kick That's this right. out? So help deal with it from first the members that are in the churches to the um, the deacons and then the pastors that are there. What what can we do? Go ahead, Michael. Well, for the people, I mean, first off, just make no provision for the flesh. Right? Hate hate the sin in your own life. Live holy lives and practice self discipline. And then uh, for the the elders and officers in local churches to, to practice church discipline, uh, we have to. Uh, everything goes back to the local congregation, even in Presbyterianism. So we we need church discipline to start there. So it's really hard to call people to repentance when you're living a hypocritical life, right? Amen. Um, That's right. And and there there will be life in your church. 
that Presbyterianism will never, ever fail. It can't fail. It's part of God's plan. Denominations come and go, so churches need to focus first and foremost on, on just being biblically faithful in the simple things. Preach sin, preach the law, preach grace, live holy, fear God. Uh, give themselves to that, and the Lord will bless your local congregation. So I say that's where we start. Um. Yeah, and, and we need to pray. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit works uh, purity into the PCA. And I think that looks like God raising up um, men who are willing to fight, willing to discipline agencies, and getting rid of men who are company men, getting rid of men who mm. are protecting the organization's uh, you know, th their their cachet, just protecting their reputations rather than being committed to truth, come what may. And so, uh, you know, the, the General Assembly has to do that work of disciplining those men. And uh, that's hard because people lose their jobs. That's hard because people right. lose their um, board of directors seats. Uh, but that that has to happen. That That has to happen in the PCA. And it'd be cataclysmic. I mean, it'd have to be huge. I think the only way to turn around the PCA would be for drastic measures to be taken. Again, this is this again is late in the day as far as the denomination is concerned. And so, right. um, we, there there has to be men that God raises up who are willing to speak frankly, who are willing to use their authority in uh, the church courts and uh, bring about purity. Will it happen? Well, by God's grace, it will. Am I, am, am I expecting it? Uh, I, I pray asking God to do it, but um, Come on, I get think that the PCA is in serious decline, man. <laughs> now, now, you said, yeah, fight, but you I, said raise up men I to fight. Post-mill. I can be post mill and see uh, yeah. denominations yeah. fading and others absolutely. raising yeah, absolutely. up. So, absolutely. man, I'm with you. <laughs> but, but you know what? But so I, I want, right now, if I'm hearing this, I'm like, I've been guarding that, but I've been, I'm awakened now to what's going on in the PCA. How do I actually directly attack this particular thing when it comes to, you know, the sexuality and, and, and uh, revoice and those other things that are going on? How do I affect that? Because if I'm, I, there are a lot of faithful PCA churches that are preaching the word of God that are working out church discipline, mm -hmm. but then they're ignorant to actually what's going on. Yeah. And so what, what, how do we yeah. take that and say, let's apply that to the fight to put some pressure on our general assembly? Well, I think, I think if you know members of PCA churches, you should encourage them to um, make sure they know the views of their session of their uh, pastors, right? Uh, have, have members ask them what their, what's your view of, of homosexual orientation and mm -hmm. identity? You know, where do you fall on that whole revoice thing? And um, and the whole, you know, another matter that's being debated in the PCA right now and has been for a long time is deaconesses and, yep. and women deacons. Yep. And so just you have to know where they where the pastors fall and respectfully engage with your pastors and elders. And uh, and, and if they're, you know, if they're off course then you have other decisions to make. But locally, it's about knowing what you're going to be fed. And then when you know your your pastor is willing to engage in the courts of the church, then you just encourage him to. You feed him material, right? Yeah. You, you say, look, I read this article, and, and what's going on here? And can you ask about this at Presbyterian? And just encourage, encourage him.
Yeah. It's it can get lonely to fight in uh That's right. in church in presbyteries and in church courts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and even in the most conservative of uh presbyteries in the PCA it can be uh, lonely and you feel like you're on the fringes. So the encouragement of uh, church members um I mean what what a wouldn't it be great to hear a church member say, "Man, you got to fight. You just got to fight." Mm. You got to fight. You got to you got to engage in these things, and then uh, and then to uh, be able to do so, and and, and um, cheering them so, on. I mean, che- cheering them on. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's not only the encouragement to step yeah. up and fight, but then when they do, they stick their neck out. Um, they preach a faithful sermon. Mm. They practice church discipline. Right. Uh, they bring something to Presbytery or General Assembly. Having people behind you cheering you on, yeah. saying Ooh, thank right. you, Pastor. Thank you, Elders. Thank you for being faithful. Thank and you know, yeah. sending them the note. Cover their flank, man. Um, yeah. Absolutely, and I yeah, and I think there's we can't underestimate just the um, there's there's the formal mechanisms that that we ought to run plays through. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we can underestimate though the power of all the informal mechanisms. That's right. I mean, emails, phone calls. I mean, if you're Facebook friends with one of these people, you know, engage them respectfully, yeah. engage them um, joyfully, mm-hmm. cheerfully with the Bible. Um, that kind of conflict, when it's done um, with a with the right spirit, yeah, um, absolutely, God blesses. It can be really messy. Um, some people might be yeah. offended, yeah, but it can be like there are tons of people watching those kinds of plays. That's right. And when they see a faithful man, even a, a faithful woman, a mother, a father, t- saying this is what the Bible says, I'm not going to apologize for it, and this is this is trouble. People are drawn to faithfulness and drawn to courage, That's and right. I don't think we should underestimate the power of that. That's right. Yeah. My, yeah. Michael Andrew, yeah. what's, what's, your, what's your guys' website individually so we can know how to share you guys' articles as a way to fight with some of this? Well, I, primarily, most of the writing I've been doing is on warhornmedia.com. All right, our brother's so, over there, yeah. Yeah, you can see my stuff there. Is that oh, that's base, the main place to go? Warhornmedia.com? Yep, go to warhornmedia.com. Okay. That's the best place. All right. Yeah. All right. Andrew and Michael, pastors at Trinity Presbyterian Church in Spartanburg, thank you, gentlemen, for your faithfulness in the PCA. We'll be praying for you. We're cheering Absolutely. you on. Amen. Follow them on Facebook. Yep. Uh, see what they're doing. Share I don't, their article. Michael, yeah. especially. And uh, thanks, guys. Yeah. If you're single, get married. Thank if you're you. married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. <laughs> and until Sunday, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.